welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico, joined as always by the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. And Tom, it is 37 days until the first NFL game. Starting to feel real yet. What do you think, man? I am so excited. I can't wait. Like, all my phone is doing right now is exploding with different training camp news, and it's just so Can't fabulous. overreact, can't underreact. There's so many players that are unguardable in training camp. you got to take all these things with grains of salt, but we're getting there, man. And, and for you guys at home listening, it is time. I mean, for me and Tom and many others, it's been time for about two months now, but it's time to research, prepare, mock draft, and, and get ready to start dominating your league or get extremely frustrated in your league, but either way, it's time to get rolling, and, and no better way to do that than, than by joining us today. And speaking of today, Tom, we have a very special treat, an absolutely fantastic show for you guys as we dive into wide receivers and their major injuries. But to do that, we brought in the big guns, and, and we're really proud and honored to welcome the legend, Stefania Bell, to the show today. Stefania, we thank you so much for being with us and joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I don't know about legend. That's I either am old or you're being. <laughs> I say that as respectfully and as as professionally. You are a legend. I mean, you do it. You, you see on ESPN all the darn time, and you know Tom only wishes to have three hundred thousand followers like you do on on Twitter or X. Excuse me, X one day. <laughs> yeah. um, well, uh, believe me, there's I'm good sure. and bad with that. Tom. I'm, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And you guys listening, of course, if you're not already following Stefania over on Twitter or, or X is what it changed over to t- uh, today. She's at Stefania underscore ESPN. You could also find her on threads and Instagram and coming up pretty soon a, is a fantasy football marathon on ESPN. It's August 14th, Monday and August 15th, again, over on ESPN. Catch Stefania on fantasy football. Now it's the season preview. That's from seven to 11 on Monday, the 14th at the Fantasy Marathon. Catch her and a bunch of others on Fantasy Football Now. That's the season preview on Monday, the 14th. Are you guys ready to dive in? I'm, I'm ready to go here. Always ready. ready. All right. So <laughs> ready, today's ready. show, we're going to talk wide receivers. Only a couple of them. We'll have multiple shows, but we're going to talk a couple wide receivers. We'll go in order of current. Obviously, it's always changing ADP. Uh, we used ESPN's um, PPR rankings in, in a 12-man league is what we're generally looking at here. But we're going to talk about the player themselves, and I'll give you the fantasy output, and, and, and these guys will give you the, uh, the injury stuff and what they think. we get two experts here. So starting today, and again, actually going back, sorry, we're going to talk about players that are coming off injuries and how we think they're going to fare this year, both from an injury perspective and standpoint, and will they perform in fantasy? So starting with the 30-year-old Cooper Cup, Right now, going at wide receiver two, that is overall third, obviously early first round. Had Cooper Cup last year. Guys, history of injuries, including the MCL sprain, the ACL tear. Most recently last year was that high ankle sprain. What can you tell us, uh, Tom, about Cup's Cup's recovery? How how worried should we be for the 2023 season? What do you think? So like you mentioned, he's 30 now. We talked a few episodes ago about some factors that influence healing and injury in general. Age is definitely one of them. Um, he's starting to get to the point where age isn't really on his side anymore, you know, 30 years old. That said, the injury he had, the high ankle sprain with the tightrope procedure, there was talks that he could have potentially been ready to go by the end of last season if the Rams were a little more relevant, which obviously they weren't. So he's really essentially had the entire offseason to rehab and get ready. This type of surgery now, or now the athletes are able to weight bear and work range of motion much, much sooner than, than prior types of surgery for this injury. So that really helps with, with their prognosis and their recovery. We were always talking about some ankle surgeries and ankle injuries that could lead to lingering stiffness that could influence mechanics and, and whatnot um, up the chain. But the fact that with the tightrope procedure, they can start addressing range of motion and weight bearing so early that really reduces the likelihood of them developing any of that stiffness. So I totally expect him to be 100% himself, Cooper Cup, the freak of nature, massive target share, massive production, um, perhaps a slightly elevated injury risk compared to prior to this injury, but nothing major. And, and I've really don't expect this to impact him too much this upcoming season. Okay. I got a bunch of positives, negatives, but you sound like you're not worried about him from an injury perspective, even though he is 30. I mean, I'm 31, but 30 years old. 
Stefania, you agree? You have a, a level of concern with, with Cup for this year? Is it all systems go for you? What are your thoughts on him? I'm just trying to get past 30 being old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to remind myself it's all in the context of fantasy Correct. football. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the things we look at from an injury perspective is exposure. And, you know, Tom knows this, but exposure, just stepping on the field, Every time you play a snap on the field, that's a single exposure. And not only uh, does Cooper Cup have a history of being very involved in practice, like he's not a guy who takes a lot of veteran days off, et cetera, but he is on the field a significant amount during the games and he's a frequent target. So he's like a high risk exposure for that reason. And I think when you put his injuries that he's had in the context of that, he's actually had relatively few. Because think about when you watch Cooper Cup, uh, and he is the focus. I mean, when the Rams were so awful as they were last year, he is. I'm surprised that he didn't get hurt before that because he's the focus of two or three guys trying to bring him down, plays across the middle a fair amount. Like these are all riskier exposures every single time than they might be for another receiver, for example. And so I think given the demands on him for what he does and the position he plays, Overall, he's been really durable. And it's not been these chronic naggy things either. It's been these single uh, injuries that are ending ending a season pretty much with the ACL and then the high ankle sprain. And I agree with Tom. Had the Rams been in a different position, he potentially might have been able to return. And they were able to slow roll it, which is always great, especially if you're a guy who's a little bit older. And the one other thing I'd add about Cooper Cup, people who – seen me talk about him. No, I've referenced this before. He is perhaps uh, like the dream athlete patient that you would have if you were a PT. Because when he was coming back from his ACL, and he's one of the few to come back and really put up strong numbers immediately in that first year back, uh, the rehab staff told me these stories about how he would challenge them when they were presenting him with the new things they were going to integrate into his rehab and not challenge in a bad way. But for example, if they were telling him something they wanted to work on as a progression to work on his, you know, agility or foot mechanics or what have you, he would ask them, why are we designing it this way? They'd give him the feedback. He'd say, well, you know, for what I do, I kind of think this might be more helpful for me, or I break in versus breaking out on more routes. And they, to their credit, they adjusted the rehab based on his feedback. To his credit, he was engaged enough in the rehab to actually come up with that. And that's such a rarity <laughs> to have. That kind of, it's very cool. And it's also, um, it explains a lot about, I think, why he came back so well from the ACL. It also says a lot about the Rams rehab staff because they've got that level of buy-in from a player and that they are open to modifying is not just like, well, here's what we're telling you to do, go do it. Um, and knowing all of that, and then him coming off of this injury, those are the nuanced things that to me, tight rope surgery, yes, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a benefit for some of these injuries because you're less hardware. Um, you're, you're talking about normal mobilization of the joint almost immediately. And potentially less complications down the line because you're not dealing with hardware in the ankle really of any consequence. So all of that plus Cooper Cup being Cooper Cup and that kind of work ethic and that kind of patient, I love him. Like there's not really any reason that I'm discounting him. I mean, first off, amazing insight as always, but that just says so much about his character. I think we all knew that he was that type of guy, but like that's, those stories are, they always blow my mind and it's, it's just so, you know, he's just going to challenge and push and he looks like that type of guy. And like you mentioned, Stefania, on the surface, you do see a couple injuries, right? You know, major injuries, like you said, but you break it down a little bit further. And I guess he is durable. I mean, I have some stats and, and stuff highlighted here. Last year's target share guys, 31.3%. Right. I mean, it's uh, you're not going to get much yeah. better than that. Stafford looks sometimes I don't even see him go through progressions. I mean, I don't know that much about an right. NFL quarterback. It's cup, 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 cup. Right. And if, if you guys seem to agree that you're not discounting, think he's healthy, seems like a good option. Right. I mean, it's also this is what I do here. You know, they provide the expert stuff. I'm just kind of here in the background talking fantasy, <laughs> but things in his favor. Right. I mean, I had him last year. I was all in mm -hmm. on him through the first nine weeks, averaged 18.1 
half PPR points a game. This guy was winning people leagues. He was winning matchups, putting up 20, 21. I mean, that pace last year would have made him the wide receiver one ahead of Justin Jefferson, guys, who was 17.9 points per game. Adams, who was 16.8, talked about his target share. And listen, no disrespect to the Rams. Who else here is going to command targets, right? Van Jefferson, you got Ben Skoranek, Tutu Atwell, Demarcus Robinson. I don't really think so, right? Tyler Higby. So when him and Stafford are both on the field together, that is an elite, elite level of production, right? But to move forward, things working against him, I mean, a couple injuries, right? And the only thing that worries about me, and this might be a beast for another show, is Stafford also getting injured. He's been a durable guy, one of the, most, one of the laundry lists, right? He's a guy that typically does play through it. I am worried, though, if, if Stafford does go down, Cups points per game might go down, you know, 13 or 14. But again, he's been durable. Other cons- I will tell you, though, seeing Matt Stafford, I don't know if you've seen him this preseason. Um, I have. And he is thin. Like, I, and I, I think, like, in a, in a good way, like, he looks very fit. And then also, last year, he was hurt coming into the seat. He was coming off the, the elbow problem. And, you know, it, some of his throws were rushed. He was definitely trying to avoid. I mean, the, the worry is the protection, right? That's, that's, that's the big worry for him. Uh, he needs it. And, but I think he'll actually be more efficient in his delivery this year because he's not uh, dealing with the elbows. It's not that it's not there in his past, but he was coming in you know, coming off a PRP injection and just on the rehab ramp up right into training camp. Remember all the last year, this time, everybody was talking about Matthew yep. Stafford's elbow. And I don't think everybody's going to be talking about it this year. I'm a little bit worried about the protection. I mean, their line is not great. I think they're ranked 27th or 28th over on PFF, but hey, a little bit thinner. Maybe you can move a little bit more. Yeah, they're not. I mean, <laughs> and, and my last. I mean, there's only 32. So. <laughs> My last little concern is that Vegas only has them winning six and a half games. So I don't, they're not going to move the ball as well as some of these other teams. But listen, like you guys said, um, it's hard to discount Cooper Cup. And as a first round pick, right? I mean, I might be taking someone that's safer, like a Nick Chubb or a Kelsey. But listen, if anybody pulls the trigger on Cup, I don't think there's going to be anybody shaking their head over at the draft. Tom, got anything else on him? Nah, he's locked and loaded. All right. Next guy is a guy talk about climbing, climbing ADPs and climbing draft boards. We're only on July 1st or July uh, 31st here is Garrett Wilson currently going wide receiver eight. That's 15th overall. I've seen him go as early as second round, mid second, late second, um, young, just 23 years old. Um, five days ago, suffered a low ankle sprain during practice. Stefania, what do you think? What's our level of concern on Garrett Wilson right now? And, and for the 2023 season? Uh, I mean, at the, at this point, I'm not particularly worried. Uh, these things happen. Uh, that being said, we saw Jonathan Taylor start out with a low grade lateral ankle sprain last year, or so we, you know, so we thought, um, and it turned into something that was problematic. I think that the key on these injuries that seem relatively minor in training camp when they crop up is making sure they have the opportunity to recover from them before these guys are pushed too hard, and uh, you know by by all accounts, this is not a big worry. And I think uh, if I'm listening to this podcast, I would just be monitoring what happens over the progression of training camp. They know what they have in Garrett Wilson. Aaron Rodgers has already complimented him extensively, which is like basically the blessing that you get from Aaron Rodgers if he's planning on throwing you the football. And uh, so they, they know they need him and it would be silly to have him be doing too much too soon. But I don't get the sense that this is, uh, you know, he rolled it in practice last Thursday. They they called him day to day. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned at the moment. Yeah, I second that. I mean, the concern would be the ankle sprains have a fairly high recurrence rate. Uh, studies showing like 26% of athletes who have a ankle sprain in season will sprain it again that season. But again, they have like four to five weeks until week one. No reason to rush him back. So they've got time to make sure that he rehabs properly before getting back on the field. Right. And Stefania, back to your point, you said to kind of monitor like what he does during training camp. So just keep it, you know, simple for us. Like, what are you looking for just that he's progressing, getting on the field, even like preseason games? Like what what is like the average NFL viewer? What should we look for if we want to, you know, look for? Oh, just, you know, if he's all of a sudden out of practice for 
two weeks, then I'm getting a little nervous. But anything shy of that doesn't really concern me, especially because they have three preseason games. Uh, I'm sure they're going to give him a little bit of action with Aaron Rodgers, so you see some live game action, but not a lot as teams tend to be limiting their starters. Um, I'm sure they're going to want to get them all together on the field before week one. So I don't think this the Jets are going to be one of those teams where we see nothing. But, hey, they're on hard knocks. So we're actually probably going to be able to see a little bit more than <laughs> you know. Sometimes with hard knocks, you actually – it's amazing because there'll be a guy who gets hurt and they pick that up and then you're hearing just the little chatter about how they're doing. So I know it's a week behind on the hard knocks, but – Again, but it's um, plenty of time. I mean, most people don't draft until the week over the week before the season. So we'll have plenty of time to, to see that footage. Sure. And like Stefania said, he got the pra- like getting that blessing from Aaron Rodgers is like it, it's <laughs> it's like when a teacher, your parents like I'm proud. Like it's it's like that to like attempt to like it's unbelievable. Like Aaron Rodgers, if he likes you, that's great. I mean, from my standpoint, right? I mean, stating the obvious. His talent and athleticism, Garrett Wilson, is unbelievable. Absolutely through the roof. And last year, right, an impressive rookie season, guys. 83 catches, which was 16th in the NFL. 147 targets last year that he commanded, 6th in the NFL. Garrett Wilson last year, as a rookie, had games with 14, 11, 15, 17. This guy commands the ball. You watch him run routes. It's crisp. His hands, he's athletic. Only four touchdowns last year, right? Like, what did he finish as? I think the wide receiver, 18, 19 in that range. Now you pair him, of course, with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, who's throwing him the ball last year? Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, um, Mike, Mike, or White. Mike White. Right. I mean, listen, fine. NFL, But now you bring in Rodgers. Is Rodgers in his prime? No. But you take all those numbers, and you got to think positive touchdown regression is coming to a degree. Guy had four last year. Give him eight, right? I mean, I'm going to modestly project, and this is what I did earlier, for say 95 catches, um, 1,400 targets, eight touchdowns, be good enough for about 240 fantasy points, which puts him in the wide receiver six or seven range. Like, I like him. I don't love, love him because that's about where he's going, but I like him. I mean, what do you guys think to to wrap up on Wilson? Like, are we going to look back next year and be like, why was this dude not a first rounder? Like, is is this going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my feeling exactly. Rodgers has historically provided for elite wide receiver production. I mean, think about all those years with Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, etc. And even on this current roster, there are other pieces on the receiving courts that are good complements, like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, McCall Hardman. But they aren't going to demand a massive target share. So I could absolutely see Garrett Wilson getting like 28 to 30% of the target share in an offense that should be really good. I see a path for him to be the wide receiver number one overall. Path is there. All right. Quick shout out to our friends over at the Sleeper app. Do you like free money? For a limited time, Sleeper Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit or use promo code fit, F-I-T. That's sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. We've got four players left. Next is we're going to sneak a little bit further down in ADP. We've got Amari Cooper, who, got to be honest, you got to say when you're right, got to say when you're wrong. I was dead wrong on him last year. I did <laughs> you sure I did were. not nail Amari Cooper. There was a point where I was like, yeah, he's droppable. I mean, I thought he was Terrible fading. Take. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm honest about my mistakes. But uh, right now, Cooper going as wide receiver 17, overall 39th. So we're looking early fourth round or so is when Cooper's going off the board. 29 years old, um, had surgery in February for a sports hernia. Um, Tom, over to you. Do you think he'll be 100% you know, for the season, having surgery in, in February, about five months out now? Yeah, I, I do. He's going to be more than 100%. We, we often see athletes return in like eight to eight-ish, eight to 12 weeks from this type of surgery. Um, and he's a way more time than that. This is an injury that's very challenging to treat conservatively. We, we often hear about players who have this injury early in the season, try to rehab it, and then return, and it just doesn't go well. So I'm, I'm really glad that he did get the surgery, and the surgery outcomes are super good. So I'm really not concerned about this injury for him, and I think he's in line for a pretty nice season. You agree, Stefani? How do you feel about Mr. Amari Cooper this year? 
Uh, well, it kind of depends on how Deshaun Watson plays. <laughs> uh, probably more than, than his injury. I, I think the Browns would be interesting to see what they do there um, because that offense was just sort of a mess uh, last year. But I think uh, I, I agree with Tom in that he's had certainly plenty of a window of recovery from this now. Some guys will say it takes them a little bit longer to feel like they're fully explosive after these procedures, you know, and they're typically, I mean, they'll get like a six week, six to 10 week time frame where they could return. I mean, we see guys have this and come back in season. They tend to struggle a lot because you're still working through scar tissue and it, it takes a lot. And guys will tell you that they feel like a bit of scar popped, even as there, there's a lot in terms of uh, mobility that you need to get back at. You're basically creating an anchor for something that's torn. Um, and often with these are getting a tear away from a bone. So they're getting it anchored back down. You want it to scar in, but then you got to stretch that out and get your mobility back and, and start to feel normal again. So I think that he's had the proper window of time, I would agree. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. I mean, he's 29, so he's getting to that, you know, <laughs> that, that borderline 30 year old wide receiver, but he's certainly, you know, looked like he had new life uh, in terms of what he could, what his potential could be with that, with that team. I just think their offense needs to be more efficient. And to your point, we, we could see some improved chemistry, hopefully for him and for the Browns with, uh, with Deshaun Watson. I mean, last year they won seven games, the Browns did. This year I saw Vegas, who I like to, you know, I like to monitor the lines here and there, but 9.5 mm-hmm. is their projection. So they're, they're looking like they're, they're going to be a little bit better. We'll see. I'm still fading him a little bit just because, um, you know, I think the target share, right? I mean, I think there's going to be a little bit less for Cooper to go around a lot. I mean, listen, I'm hearing a lot. I don't know if you guys are hearing the buzz. I'm sure you are. Elijah Moore seems to be all over Twitter or X. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, even Njoku. Like, there's some other guys there that that do command the ball a little bit. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt is gone. You know, we'll see if Nick Chubb can get an increase of targets as well. I don't want to sit here and say don't draft him because I'd be, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta kind of hold off on that like I, I did last year. But what do you get? You guys like the Browns this year? I mean, nine and a half games, tough division, but that feels like a lot. It, it feels high. I mean, who am I against Vegas? But I take the under on that. Yeah, I, I would as well. I will say this though, we're not not receiver here, but Nick Chubb, I want him everywhere. I mean, this guy's always had a really high floor and even with that high floor, a high ceiling as well. And now with Kareem Hunt gone, we could see an uptick in, in his passing game. If he gets even a little bit more passing work, he's a, he's a guy that could easily finish as like a top three running back overall. I'm targeting Chubb everywhere. because I'm, I mean, we, this is, again, a, a talk for another time, but I have six pick. I'm like, Bijan? Or if I go running back, Bijan or Chubb? And Bijan, the, the, the ceiling is absolutely insane. But Chubb yeah. is like Chubb is going to be like the RB three or four. Like it's he's just gonna get you there. And like Bijan could be the RB one, but could be I don't know. Stefan, if you had thirty seconds to to tell me which one of those to pick in front of all these people and my friends, tough question. But I'm probably I'm probably swinging fences and going with Bijan only because I think that in Atlanta he's just gonna be the one who gets the ball. So I mean I just think they're gonna use him you know, for gadgetry everywhere. Like he, he, he sold that. I mean, I, I listened to a lot in advance of the draft and him talking about what he could be to a team. And he was like, don't think of me as a running back. Think of me as a playmaker. That was his line. And I was like, uh-huh. That's what, that, that's what he wants to be. I think that's how Atlanta feels like they can use him. I think he's going to touch the ball a lot. Uh, Nick Chubb is a beautiful runner. And if I'm picking a guy whose running style, I think is, just just in terms of as a fan watching him run i don't know that there's anyone i enjoy watching run the ball more than nick chubb but for fantasy purposes because he isn't as involved in the passing game no matter what they say they're gonna do and i just think with their receiving options are better this year i'm not sure that he is catching the ball a ton um i i think productivity wise he's been fairly durable i just love nick chubb as a player but I'm probably tipping the scale for Bijan because I'm going for the upside of just, especially in PPR yeah. league, 
I think he's going to get a lot of these passes. I think that's really well said. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this podcast and just that moment, like 30 times before my draft and be like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I've been going back and I still have a month till the draft. I've gone back and forth every day, but you're right. Like Bijan could catch. It's not crazy for him to catch 60, 70 passes this year. Like this guy is, is an absolute gadget. Uh, and just the way they run their offense last year, Tyler Algier yeah. turned out to be a, a relevant fantasy option. I don't think he's right. the best, you know, of course, an NFL player. I don't think he's the best pure runner or, or, or running back in the league, but, he was really good. So what can they do with Bijan? It's scary. Somehow we, we wind up talking about Bijan, Tom, and I love every second of it. All right. <laughs> I love me some Bijan me this too. year. All right. We got three players left. Uh, let's talk about a guy on the other side of 30. Hey, he's our age, Tom. Keenan Allen. He is 31 years old. Going off right now, wide receiver 18, overall around 40th. So we're talking mid-fourth round. A really nagging hamstring injury last year. Um, Stefani, I'll go to you here. Is Keenan Allen... Do you think he's over the hump? Is it, is it still worth a viable fourth round pick? I mean, I I love him. He's so talented. He's always open. But what do you think about this hamstring or even other injuries from from your experience? So uh, I I love Keenan Allen as a player. Um, just I've, I've really watched him throughout his career, and I think he's been undervalued. Like he's the guy who is undervalued every year, and then just comes back and consistently delivers. Uh, and he, he loves it. He talks about, I've been to Chargers camp and he's like, yeah, nobody thinks, you know, I can do this. He's had a chip on his shoulder since he came to the Chargers and he came out of college with people thinking he wasn't going to make it because of injury issues. And then once he kind of got through the first year, he put that aside. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but he has only missed, I think, um, I wrote it down because I kept, yeah, two missed games. Cause I never really believe it two missed games in the five seasons prior to last yep. year, which is remarkable I, for a wide receiver. I didn't believe that either. Like he, early in his career, he struggled a little. And then he right. had like a five-year period where he was just out there. And that's why I think I felt like he was really unlucky. And I can't remember because I don't have it all right in front of me, but I've talked about him enough. I think he had a PCL injury coming out of Yeah, Cal. he did in 2012. And then he had... A, it's weird. I can't remember anything, but I'll remember stuff like this. I, I can't remember like names or birthdays or anything, but I'll be like the injury Rolodex creeps up. I think he had um, the PCL injury and then he did something else shortly after. I don't know if it was broken collarbone or shoulder issue, but he had like two things back to back and then he was healthy. And I just felt like he was a little bit unlucky. He came in at a disadvantage and then had that one thing. And then he got on track and he's good. He works incredibly hard, takes really good care of himself. All the things you like to see the position that he plays, you know, he, he, again, he's not really a field stretcher. He's one of the best route runners there is. So I think he's a friendly to a quarterback. Um, and the knock on him is not, I'll come back to the injury, but when you're looking at the offense this year, and now that they have Kellen Moore calling plays, that's the only thing where I'm like, hmm, are they, is he going to, is Kellen Moore going to try and make more of Mike Williams and more of these potential downfield threats, even in their young guys, um, versus how they utilize Keenan Allen? However, the way he's utilized, I think, may actually help him in terms of the injury concerns because you're not counting on him for, you know, blazing speed. The big problem with the chronic hamstring injury is scar tissue and how it carries over into the next year. Um, because you never really, it's, it's like your body doesn't replace tissue with brand new, you know, it's not like there's no memory of that hamstring injury. You're going to have some scar, but it depends like how your body's adapted to that scar and where it is. And those are things that we just, we can't tell from a distance. So it's hard to project. He was the poster child for what can happen when a hamstring injury becomes chronic during a season. We hear this stat all the time. It, it, it's a the number one injury burden in the NFL. It's higher than ACLs, actually, uh, meaning that it's the number one cause of missed time are these lower extremity strains and hamstrings at the top. And part of the reason is because the recurrence rate is so high. So somebody gets a hamstring injury, they start to get better, and then it's a problem again. And if you recall, he was injured in week one. He didn't even come back till week seven. And when he did, he was out again within like, like a couple plays. And then he and he then he said kind of shook his head and was like, I'm not coming back till I know I'm right. There was like a sense that 
he knew it was still there underneath the surface. So really he missed, you know, three quarters of the season just about. And then once he came back, he was there the whole time. So I feel better about where he is coming in, but you know that that's now been in his past. You can't completely disregard it. It'll be interesting to see how they utilize him, but I don't think his skill set is at all diminished. Um, so yeah, maybe there's a little tick down because of the injury concern, but I'd still be comfortable drafting him on my fantasy team. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I suck at most of that. I think I'm a little, I'm a little more concerned than you do. Um, you know, I mean, they, exactly what you were saying. The statistics on hamstring recurrence, it's not great. So a history of one increase, and this is in the medical literature, increases the risk for another by 2.7 times. But then what they find is that in season, if you had a hamstring injury, you're five times more likely to have another. So he's got the history there. He's also 31. The two biggest risk factors for injury are age and previous injury. Definitely some concern there. But just like you're saying, while he's playing, he should be great. And he's got a tremendous rapport with Herbert. It's an awesome offense. He's been doing it for a long time at a high level. So definitely productive when he's out there. And hopefully he'll play the whole season, but a little bit more risky than than some of the some of the other guys going around him. Yeah, well said, guys. I mean, he's been a guy that I think in the back of people's minds has, like you guys said, has been labeled as injury prone, but then Stefania brought that statistic in and I actually wrote down the same thing. Uh, let me just find it here. Um, he, yeah, he played 13 or more games in his previous five seasons, right? I mean, he really has been pretty good, pretty consistently. Another little tidbit for you guys last year when he was healthy weeks 12 through 18 was wide receiver three. That's pretty darn good, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you good. told me Keenan was a lock to play 14, 15 games, I'd be comfortable taking him in the second or third round. But like Stefani said, might be a little bit of a tick down. I think that's kind of baked into his injury cost there. Talked about the Kellen Moore offense. I think the Chargers could lead the league in pass attempts. Um, they're going to have a good offense. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned his usage, right? And I, I'm, we'll talk about the, a little preview for the other segment. Love Quentin Johnston. Love him. Love his downfield ability. I I love a lot about him. I do too. But, you know, to go back to Keenan Allen, also, Mike Williams is a guy every year that seems to kind of disappoint from a fantasy perspective based off injury, based off some other things too. If Keenan can just stay on the field, man, I mean, again, his rapport is outstanding. His hands, he's always, always seems to be the guy that's open, intermediate route type of thing. But, Stefania, back to you. Just want to ask you one more question. You said before that – Keenan kind of had it in the back of his mind, but he still kind of went out to play just from your experience. Like what's that, what's that conversation? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's obviously doctors and PTs involved and whoever else, but like what, I'm so curious what that's like, like the battle between I want to play this week or I can't like what, what, what kind of goes into that? It's hard because we don't have a single definitive return to play metric that will uh, confidently predict when it's safe to go back and the risk of re-injury is, you know, little to none. It just doesn't exist. There's um, there's a collection of functional testing they can do. Um, they can certainly do more objective strength output measures. We've got a lot of teams are using uh, GPS systems so they can look at things like acceleration, deceleration, angular velocity, all these components that if a player is replicating what they were doing before they were injured, it gives you an idea that they're actually performing at that level. But there's also that subjectivity of uh, anyone who's pulled a, have you guys ever pulled a hamstring? Have you pulled a hamstring? Maybe strain, 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 maybe really? a little okay. bit, but not a pull. Because there's this thing that happens. I have, I ran track. It's like, you know, it's, there's this, foreboding after you've had a bad hamstring injury there's this thing where you're like if i do this is it going to tear it because if it's bad it's like a tearing sensation in the back of your leg and you it's that's a very big hurdle to go because you'll hear athletes say all the time is they they just aren't sure they can take it to the top gear 
And they'll think, well, if I run and I run at, you know, 80, 85%, I'll be okay. I just can't kick it into that highest gear. But the problem is when the adrenaline's going and you're in the game situation, you're you're not thinking about like, am I 85% or am I kicking it? You're going, if you see an open window and you're going to be able to get in the end zone, you're going. And you don't want your player thinking about how they can avoid top end speed because they might get hurt because that's sort of a recipe for disaster there. And so it, it's an, again, like everything, it's a nuanced conversation there. You know, they, they might say, look, based on everything you're doing, this looks okay. How do you feel? It's okay. I'm going to try it. Well, do you want to try it and see how it goes? But, but then he goes out there one or two plays and he's like, no, that that's it. I'm done. And at least he was smart enough to then say, that's it. I'm out. And, and pull himself out. So it's, it's really hard. I think people think it's easier, like, okay, don't come back till you're hundred percent. You know, I hear fans say this all the time. I just don't want to see him till he's hundred percent. Well, you, when, when's that going to be? And how are we all going to know? Cause if you've got information on how we can all just divine that somebody's hundred percent and at no risk for re-injury, I'd love to hear it. This is where, to be honest, a lot of the medical research and hamstring injuries is going, is looking at injury prevention, predictors of injury, return to play uh, metrics that might be more functionally testing based uh, based versus, um, you know, just basic strength tests, for example. So it's uh, it's the holy grail, right? This is the biggest problem when it comes to injuries in the NFL. And by the way, every other sport would like the NFL to solve the problem because it happens across, you look at baseball, you know, um, soccer for sure. Any, any of these other sports, it's a major problem too. Seems like a lot of, you know, obviously not just the physical, but a lot more mental hurdles than, than people would like to imagine. Right. I, I can't imagine, mm-hmm. thank God for me, I've, I've never had a major injury, but I've had friends torn, whatever ACLs torn, whatever. And, and I can't imagine having that in the back of my mind when I'm playing a sport. Like, uh, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I should make that cut right there. Like, I don't know if I should go up for that ball. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so deep in there. And until you do it, and until you do it and you're successful, you really haven't passed the test because you don't know until you test it. And even then yeah. you can it can be okay once and then it goes again. It's very murky. Yeah, for, for a lot of athletes, that's the final hurdle that is the hardest to get over. And and like, you know, bringing in a sports psychologist is a phenomenal thing to do for a lot of these people coming back from from big time injuries. Well said. All right, we got two guys left. This guy, I mean, it's unfortunate for for Kadarius Tony so far through his NFL history. Only 24 years old. Right now, fantasy-wise, going wide receiver 51. We're talking 11th round here, around 122nd. Just a guy that can't seem to stay on the field. We've seen – I'm a Giants fan. I mean, I used to see explosiveness all the time from him, right? But last year, we're talking about hamstring strains. Um, Already this year, something – you guys are going to have to talk to me about this one. Knee meniscus trim. Did I read that right? Stefania, Tom, yep. anybody want to tell? I don't know what is going on with him. I wish he could stay healthy, but whoever wants to take this one, guys, Kadarius Tony. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, so the the reports, there there's a couple different ones. The first one said cartilage clean out. Then we started seeing meniscus trimming. I saw a meniscus repair at one point. I'm pretty sure that was just a incorrect reporting. But basically he had... So various tissues in his knee and meniscus and the cartilage were torn, which causes pain, can cause the knee to lock and, and not bend and straighten all the way. And they trimmed them out. So with that, the benefit is you're not waiting for any tissue to repair or to heal. So the return to play is much quicker, typically four, six weeks or so. I think Ben Roethlisberger returned in like two weeks once. The downside is you just took out a lot of the cushion in the knee. So you always hear like your grandma or grandpa saying, my knee's bone on bone. Well, taking out the cushion is going to really accelerate the rate of developing arthritis or that bone on bone. So that's something we saw with Todd Gurley with JHI that ultimately ended their, was part of ending their careers early is they just weren't able to get the pain, swelling and stuff like that. And the knees under control. So that's what Tony's dealing with now. We just got done talking about hamstrings of which he missed multiple games with multiple re-aggravations last year. In his two seasons in the NFL, he's missed 19 games. That's not great. Um, and we know that prior injury, big time risk factor for future injury. Look, the talent is there. He is 
amazing when he's on the field. Absolutely a joy to watch, except when he's returning punts against my Eagles <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Outside of that, he's a joy to watch. But I am staying away from him in fantasy this year unless he's there like the very end of the draft just because you can't trust him to be on the field. And even if he puts together a couple full games, well, you never know. Like The, the week you actually start him, what if he injures his hamstring that week or, or something like that? Stefan, how do you feel about him? Yeah, I, I want no part of the Tony sweepstakes. I'll let somebody else have him. I, I love to watch him, and I, I hope for him that he can get on track as far as health. But uh, there's a lot going on there. And uh, I remember because I was at Giants camp last year, he was obviously started the season with the Giants. And just I was there one day, and he was, and he was immediately off to the side, kind of down on one knee. Like, it was so instant, and that was the worry coming in. I thought, wow, this, he's young, and he is struggling to get through a basic practice. These hamstring injuries, I don't know if they never fully resolved or he was having uh, you know, new injuries superimposed, like an acute on chronic situation. Hard to know. Then I thought maybe, maybe it's mostly a change in location. He goes to the Chiefs, fresh start. You know, he's with this offense, um, it's, it's fun to go to a winning team. And, you know, especially I'm sure playing with Patrick Mahomes and the opportunity got there. But obviously there was some real stuff there because he had to have this knee procedure in the offseason. But then he's fielding punts at training camp and out he goes and he has to have another. I mean, these are big red flags to me. And just uh, I hope he gets right for his sake, um, but it's concerning. It's just consistent, right? I mean, listen, you guys said it. He's so flashy when he plays. The guy had it in his career, I think, on the routes he's run. Saw something like a 25% target share, but he just doesn't play, right? Played 11 snaps in the Super Bowl. Uh, he ran the two games before that, I think, three routes and five routes. Um, and even from a fantasy perspective, I mean, I'm avoiding him too. Three top 36 finishes in his career. I mean, for you guys listening, in terms of ADP in the fantasy world, I think you look at his name, program the no thank you back there because it might be late in the draft. He might be in the 12th round, had a couple drinks. Oh, the upside, I've seen. Relax, right? I mean, I just don't think that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, I'm watching the, I'm watching, I'm sure you guys are watching quarterback on Netflix. It's so much fun. It's awesome. And I'm watching. The, oh yeah. It's fun. It's always fun to watch. It, those it's things. great. And I'm sure you have a ton of experiences with these guys, you know, just hanging out with these guys in person, but I love Patrick Mahomes, but I think anybody else on this team besides for Kelsey uh, from a receiver standpoint, right. Is, is kind of a shot in the dark. I mean, I like sky more. I liked him last year too, but his role was super limited, you know, MVS, okay right i mean i'm seeing a lot about rookie uh the guy at smu rasheed rice i don't know if you guys know anything about him but heard some good things there they got my old giant richie james there there's just so many options there and i think there's just you never know where mahomes is gonna go i just go i go back well mahomes said it himself last year remember heading into the season he's like oh, all these people at fantasy football they want to know who i'm throwing the ball to and he's like I'm throwing to whoever's open. Like it, I'm, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a different guy every time, is I think what he said. And he was not. It's truly accurate. You know, so accurate. One week it would be, but you know, other than Kelsey, who was a lock for, and he and Kelsey go so far back and have this just incredible, you know, ability to read each other's minds. If you haven't heard it, there was an ESPN Daily podcast a while back that um, talked about this, but. It was like because Kelsey played quarterback, uh, you know, for a time before he converted to tight end, it's like he understands the position and knows how to help Patrick out. And they have this uh, basically language of their own. It's like a body language thing. I mean, it's, it's uncanny and it's it's not duplicated anywhere else. And that is always going to be his number one guy. So I think there's potential for any receiver in any given week. But good luck knowing who it's going to be. It's a best ball scenario. You have a guy stacked on your bench or yeah. something like that. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever had the benefit of having Kelsey on my team just because I'm not a tight end early guy. You know, some people are. Every time I play against him, I'm like, 
is somebody going to guard him? It doesn't matter if you bracket. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they he's do. So though. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they he's do. A mismatch. He's really faster than linebackers. He's bigger than corner. It's it's sick. It's really sick to watch. This year, I'm in position to get him, but Stefania convinced me to take Bijan. So I might, you know, we'll see how that goes. Well, you know, I don't know. That would be if I had the choice there. I don't. It's tough. Because I think that highly of Kelsey, and we we did um, we looked at some stats at the end of last year, and he was so I, I don't can't remember it off the top of my head, but he was so many points above the next player at the position, which doesn't really surprise anyone. But if you looked at what his average number of fantasy points per week was, it's not like some guys you look at their total points at the end of the year. But really, when you go back, there's a few games where they just had these crazy games, and they were. Travis Kelsey could win you your week every single yes, week. He can. He's that much of a difference maker. And if you are in a league where you are starting a tight end, standard league format, uh, that that he's a game changer at that position. He could be a weekly league winner. So uh, I'm actually considering, depending on where I am in certain drafts that I have, taking him at the top because, you know, everybody's always oh, getting older. Well, the wheels haven't fallen off yet. The guy doesn't miss time. And probably when I draft him. I was going to say that the year I pick I, him is going to be like the year. He's 30, what, 34 now. Yeah. But... That's always how it goes. I know. I know. I know. But he had a one major, you know, we didn't know if he was going to make it. Yeah, but he missed a whole year. He had a, a knee procedure in his in rookie year. He missed virtually the entire season. And then he has been money ever since. Yeah, he really has. Um, before we go to our, our last player, speaking of Kelsey, me and my friend Stefania, uh, you should try this. Find someone that you really like to play fantasy football with. We do a one-on-one -on -one league, and it is the most electric really? thing you can imagine. So we draft <laughs> on ESPN. You have to have 14 leagues, so we just fill the other two. We draft 30 people. Uh, you're not allowed to pick up anybody throughout the year, so we're each picking three kickers, three defenses. Every year, Travis Kelsey is either the first or second pick because it's the positional advantage. It's like if you get Kelsey, it's oh, but it's fair. really it's a it's a fun league. It's just a one on one. That's it's pretty like fun. Twenty to two. Gives you something to do every single week. I have to consider that. I might might have to yeah. check. Well, that you're out. sitting there thinking like, all right, do I start uh, Jamar Chase this week or uh, Cooper Cup? Well, it's not like that, but the, <laughs> yeah. the questions yeah. you have in your lineup are like, what, why is that even a question? But it's awesome. Okay ridiculous it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun a lot of people have gotten on the train if they're after i talked to them about it okay all right tom this was your guy last year and uh i don't know uh, to me i don't know if we're ever going to see a full season of him again it is big name but uh his name is michael thomas 30 years old now had a toe dislocation in week three didn't see him a lot last year going wide receiver 35 36 going around the seventh round um, you know, and just some stuff before you guys go here's missed 40 of his last 50 games. Um, you know, I look at not ideal. It's not ideal. I look at Olave as a true number one receiver who I think Derek Carr is going to pepper, you know, and, and for me, I'm not taking Thomas and you guys can convince me or, or pad my argument, whatever, but you know, going around him guys, you know, other guys with upside, Jordan Addison, right? You got uh, Jahan Dotson, Nico Collins, the list goes on. Quentin Johnson, who we talked about before. I'm taking my shots on somebody with upside. Not that it's going to worry me like Michael Thomas, but Stefania, what do you think about him? Is he, from, from a fantasy and even from a, from a football perspective, you think we're ever going to see a full season of him again? Uh, I don't know. I mean, certainly if you're going off the last three years, the answer is no. Right? And how can how how could you project a full season for him based on what we've seen recently? And he's not getting younger. Um, again, I, I hope for the best for him. I always do. That's sort of the PT nature of me. But the injuries that he's had have been pretty problematic. He had started with the ankle injury. And we know there was that drama in New Orleans about whether he was going to get it fixed right away or not. But he ended up having um, medial ligament reconstruction on his ankle. It's a bigger surgery than just this, you know, high ankle sprain injury that uh, was reported initially. And then he had a fracture that happened while he was recovering from that. So this was all sort of the setback that basically kept him out for a window of almost two years. And then he has a toe injury, which is separate, but pretty devastating for people who don't know what have a dislocated toe that becomes unstable. So it just keeps chronically dislocating over and over. You can't get any push off your foot. You can't like, that's not 
I don't blame him. He could not play with that injury. But you look at these series of events back to back, and he had to have surgery on that. It's like, how much can he really hold up to this sport anymore? And it's sad because last year he looked really good in the couple little glimpses we saw in the preseason. You know, you were like, wow, there's some, you know, flash of the old Michael Thomas there. But for fantasy purposes, I'm not trusting him enough to, he won't be on any of my teams. I think it's very much where he ends up going in the draft. I am not spending valuable capital on him. If he falls to round 10, perhaps I'm interested. Uh, Like there's no question he's higher injury risk. I mean, these are foot and toe injuries. Those have a much higher likelihood of affecting the mechanics up the chain, as we say, into the rest of the body, altering your running, cutting, jumping, all of that stuff. And they're getting loaded by multiple times your body force every time you run and cut. So definitely, definitely higher injury risk there. But in those two, three games he played last year, he produced. He, I think he had three touchdowns in like two games and four came plays. Out hot. Or definitely something came like out that. hot. Yeah, and, um, you know, upgrade a quarterback. and a But lot- not a quarterback who's going to – like, he had a very specific – like, his relationship with Drew Brees was that he had that short mm-hmm. over the – he was such an outlet guy for Brees when he yeah, did yeah. it. I, I met from his quarterback last season. Not – not that- Huh? I meant from last season, not, not from his early days. No, I know, I know. But, I mean, I, I'm saying I don't think I saw him enough to see how they were really going to utilize Got him it. with the importance of Chris Olave. Like, yeah. Carr's a downfield guy. And, and and no doubt Olave is going to be the number one there. And that's why I'm I'm not saying I'm in on Michael Thomas. I'm in depending on where he falls in the draft. Like, I don't mind taking him late, recognizing that there's risk and probably not a tremendously high ceiling. But if he's still a guy that can, it can finish wide receiver 20 to 30 on the season, if I'm getting him in round 10, 11, sure. But I totally understand if, if people – want the higher upside rookie in, in that region. You think he can finish that high? If he's scoring touchdowns like he Tom was last just season. Tom loves him, sure. man. Tom, get his jersey. I know. I, know. I hate to break it. <laughs> I'm with you on this. I'm at, I don't even happened. think he looks We'll circle good. back to this in, in January. No. Okay. Wide receiver 20 or 30? That's, that's incredible. Really? He, look, he, 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 he was – what he had three touchdowns in two games last year he was looking really good and yeah i mean this injury not great possibly going to slow him down but if he plays like he did in those two games last year absolutely i'm not wishing this upon you tom but i I could see it like through four (laughs) weeks and you're 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 texting me i took week six out see ya i'm not don't wish that upon anybody but we'll see it's it's not. I just okay. <laughs> we should revisit this. I respectfully here. disagree. We'll All right, we'll I'm see. with these. Fair enough. All right, awesome stuff. Uh, so we got one more segment, but before that, that was. I mean, even everything that you told us, Stefania, always captivating, informative, and and it's just super fun to listen to you having all this inside experience, going to the camps and stuff, and really, really helpful. Okay. We are going to go to our last segment, which takes just a couple minutes here. So we are each going to choose. We'll go Tom uh, and then Stefania and then myself. We're each going to choose one player, a wide receiver, uh, or someone else if you guys want to, at their ADP who we're in on and one that we are out on. And then this is something, Tom, all of our shows, we got to circle back to this at the end of the year, a whole list of ins, whole list of outs, put a little side bets in. We made a bunch of side bets last year. But, Tom, why don't you start us off? In, out, out, in, whatever you want to do, man. So this is this is my guy this year, but Michael Thomas. All right, you gonna talk about him again? No, yeah, exactly. get out of here! Stop <laughs> it. Unfortunately, we won't get to see him until week seven because uh, he's suspended. But Jamison Williams, I mean, we didn't see much from him last year, but that was expected. That was Detroit's plan the whole time. He had that late ACL injury in college, and I think they went into the season knowing that they probably weren't going to compete for for a whole lot. So they just wanted to make sure that their their high capital rookie had the appropriate time to recover from his injury. Like this guy was electric in college and we sh- we saw it in spurts in the few games that he did play last year. He had a couple big plays and and we know that there's other receivers there that Amon Ross St. Brown's going to draw 
coverage away. They've got a good running game. They've got Gibbs now. The defense can't focus on Jamison. Otherwise, somebody else will kill them. So I love him. I don't like Michael Pittman. Um, I'm, I'm not trusting that off. He was very inefficient last year, by the way. 99 receptions for only 925 yards and four touchdowns. Sure, he's a volume guy from a, a reception standpoint, but I don't know that his quarterbacks this year can give him the volume that he needs. Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson. Um, if Richardson's, I mean, he's going to play at some point, obviously, whether it's week one or week four or whatever. Rookie quarterbacks don't typically provide for top receivers, and Richardson's going to run a whole lot. So I really am out on Michael yeah. Pittman this year. Could be a whole lot. <laughs> could be. It could be a real lot. I agree. Which side note, I like the floor on Richardson just for his running. But okay, Tom. In on Jameson Williams. So Tom, quick, what what round is good with you? Like, you know, missing missing six for, games. For, yeah, for, I mean I'm nine, nine okay. probably. So you're pulling the trigger. Nine, I'd take him. Stash him. Okay. All right, Stefania, what do you got? Who are you in? Out on both? What do you got? Um, I am uh in on Calvin Ridley. And I think uh, it's been interesting to watch all these people are like, oh, he's been out of football for, you know, for, for a while. He hasn't really played substantially in two years, to which I say, um, well, then that makes him less old in football terms because <laughs> the wear and tear is not there. You know, that's two years of not getting beaten up. And I, I do think there's some acclimation back to football. The Jags have actually talked about it and addressed it because he was so fired up during uh, minicamp that they were actually – scaling him back a little bit. And he said, yeah, I got to remember that I've got to get back into this gradually because I'm just chomping at the bit to get out there. Uh, so I think he comes in rejuvenated. Um, you know, he went through a lot. And I think this is going to be um, sort of his chance to prove himself. I love him being paired with Trevor Lawrence. Like I love this whole fresh start for him where he is. And I think we just saw the tip of the iceberg of what he could be. He obviously came on with a, you know, he came on sensational. I think he had six touchdowns in four games in his rookie season. And people were like, wow, who's this kid? Um, but obviously Julio Jones was still playing. Like there, it took him a while to become this top receiver. And 2020 was the last year that he fully played. And he put up double digit fantasy points in all but two games. So, uh, you know, he, he, I think will become very quickly the number one target for Trevor Lawrence. And uh, yeah. I love no it. question. I'm with you. Still only 28. Um, he, he's put into an offense that is higher end in this league. I mean, the Jag, I mean, they also, I saw some of the Jags and their, their passing rate in the red zone is also very high. And I just think back to the 2020, uh, 2020 season, it was, it was wild. He could finish mm -hmm. as an, as a wide receiver one this year and he's going in, the fourth round or so. So yeah, I think that will change because especially if he gets some preseason time, people start to see they're gonna be like, oh, this is pretty interesting with him. But I I really like him that often. I just love that things have turned around in Jacksonville. So happy for that organization. It's really nice to see you got a healthy Travis Etienne. Trevor Lawrence has a great quarterback coach now working with him. And it's just it's fun to see. I like to see that. Agreed. All right. Who are you fading this year, Stefania? Uh, you know, it, it's it's hard because I actually I was telling you guys before we started this, I went in and looked at like our ADP data and I, I feel like the audience is pretty smart right now. People are drafting pretty appropriately given the information we have in training camps. I just went with the easy target with Ken Kenneth Walker because uh, we just got information that he's now dealing with a groin injury. And I think uh it was interesting because he had some amazing games, but he's a big play running back. So it was kind of this discussion of could he really be the guy week in, week out, week in, week out? Because if you look at some of the games, he really had these, he, he had some giant games and it's like, what happens if uh, on, on a weekend week out, if you're the starter all across the board and Seahawks have not had good luck with their running backs in terms of staying healthy. It's just been a really interesting watch if you look over the last i don't know six eight years like it, it's been a revolving door one guy gets healthy one guy is hurt the guys they draft have had injury issues one after the other and that's like rashad penny was a, such a talent but couldn't really stay on the field now he's no longer there so you think oh kenneth walker is going to have this job to himself or that's what a lot of people seem to be on that bandwagon like 
this, this doors are open for Kenneth Walker to have a monster season. And then the draft happens and they draft Zach Charbonnet. And in the second round, there's been yeah. a second round on Right. And everyone's like, well, what's going to happen there? And I thought that's, if you're the Seahawks, you know what you need to do, which is you cannot rely on a single running back because that's never been able to work for you in the past. And what happens now? Both those guys are hurt as of yesterday. Same so I day. think the Seahawks running back woes continue to be a problem. I think they yeah. are forced to operate out of a committee. I, I don't have any sense that Charbonnet's thing is a big deal. We haven't really heard much about it. Shoulder, he did have a shoulder issue in college, so we shall see. Um but Kenneth Walker, a groin injury, oof, and a running back early. Don't love that. So uh, I have concerns about, I, I think when he's healthy, he can probably be awesome, but I don't know when that's going to be. Don't know if this is if this is a little indicator of things to come, but I, I think that his value is going to be cut into by Charbonnet and the fact that these guys are already on the injury reports now in early in training camp makes me concerned. I just think people have expectations that he can be an RB one. And I don't think that's possible anymore. No, I'm with you. Well said. I mean, they added uh depth at the wide receiver position. They even used a, a I think a six round draft pick on a uh, running back specialist, Kenny McIntosh, I think out of Georgia or out of somewhere, yep. one of those. And that's, you know, the injury is a thing, but also like like you alluded to, he doesn't really catch the ball. So the floor is not there. I mean, I had him last year and he saved me a couple weeks with like a 70 yard scamper or like an right. eight. Right. Like, big play. Like a big play. Big, big play guy. guy. Can we rely on that? I don't know. Um, all right. Perfect transition because the guy I'm out on um, also happens to be a Seahawk. Now, to be clear here, guys. <laughs> freak athlete an extremely really really good yeah. football player I'm gonna have some too, but i'm gonna be out this year on dk metcalf just great. at his current adp okay great diet also yeah really seriously <laughs> it's insane um, it, it's it's crazy i love his hair right, that's his gotta hair. catch up with you i oh, mean for sure. I, it's all fun and games and how can you look like that when you eat like that i do not understand that's some gift from above but that will not sustain like i don't know how much he's joking Right. You can't eat that much candy and <laughs> fail. Like it's not, you know, it's just not gonna that is not gonna sustain you into your thirties, my guy. <laughs> so the reason I'm out on him is because of his diet. Okay, so in, <laughs> um no, I mean listen, I'm I'm fading him, right? I mean he's going wide receiver fifteen. I would take Keenan Allen over him, Ridley perfectly, uh Olave, Devontae Smith, even Amari Cooper. I have him around for me, my ranking wide receiver 20 or so. Uh, listen, last year in a points per game, DK finished uh, as wide receiver 27, okay, in points per game, and 18th overall. Last year, hats off to Gino, baby. What a year. It's got to regress to me, right? That was his only you know, career year. I think regression overall is due. Plus, they added the generational prospect, right, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, I think it's going to be a little more of a competition for targets. Of course, you still got Lockett there, the ever-consistent guy. So I'm not fully out on Metcalf, but I, I like other guys um, in that region for me. And guy I'm in on, and, and I and I love doing this and hate doing it. I hate doing it mostly because I know my friends are going to listen and be like, oh, there, there goes all my picks. <laughs> but I have to just do it. We got to go with it. I mentioned it before. I love Quentin Johnson, guys. I do. Chargers use a first-round pick on him, 21st at a TCU um, listen, I love Keenan. I mentioned him before, but he's 31. We talked about his injuries. Mike Williams, 29, really rarely stays on the field. The likelihood to me that both of them stay healthy is slim to none. So in steps Quentin Johnson, right? His talent's insane. His talent's insane. Uh, a TCU guy forced a, a ton of missed tackles. His run after the catch is, is, is a phenomenal. He's been dominating training camp. Again, we take that lightly because we see that all the time. I saw that he like mossed someone today, made some crazy cats. But listen, I mean, th this offense with Herbert, here's a little thing on Herbert, has the most passing yards ever for a quarterback in their first three seasons. I don't he's see that so stopping. good. He's, he's so awesome. fun to watch, too. And he's cool. He's a cool. He looks like a cool dude. Stefani probably met him and, and hung out. I don't know. She knows that. Actually, he's but... one of the quarterbacks I don't know, but I just, he impressed no. the, you know what, out of me last year when he played through that rib injury. But I don't think yeah. there's probably two other guys who could have done that. It was, uh, that was Tough a bad, nice. bad injury. And yeah. he not only played, but he, 
he was pretty effective. I mean, he struggled, obviously, the first couple of weeks, but even as he was still recovering, like he got better and better and better while dealing with that. So uh, I'm, I'm impressed with him. He's awesome. Yeah. So Johnson, I think there's some standalone value. Uh, and if, listen, if Keenan or Mike Williams do happen to go down, it's a guy that can win your lead that you're getting pretty late. All right. So I am in on Quentin Johnson, out on DK Metcalf. Stefania was in on Calvin Ridley. And now I'm also in on him. Thank you. Out on Kenneth Walker and Tom in on Jamison Williams and out on Michael Pittman. Tom also has uh, a, a, a love for Michael Thomas, which we will mention maybe on the next show again. All right, guys. Uh, what a fun show. I mean, this was awesome. Stefan, I mean, it, you are, you, you're truly the best in the business. I really, <laughs> I, I didn't write that. I got my little script. I didn't write that. I truly mean that. Like you are awesome. And thank you for joining us guys. She's at Stefania underscore ESPN on, on X, on Instagram, on threads and all that stuff. But um, we really seriously thank you for your time today. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a lot of fun. I love these conversations preseason. I don't necessarily want to revisit them when the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> you mean when Michael Thomas is balling? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, that one, you're crazy. But everything else, <laughs> I'll accept. So thank right. you. We'll see how it goes. And good luck to you. Safe travels throughout the season. And uh, Tom, great show as always. Those of you guys listening, we thank you as well. We're the Fantasy Injury Team, and we'll see you next time.